its timeout, its bull price, and we are focusing on coaching leadership. In this session, we're going to coach building leadership strengths. How to coach your building of your leadership strengths. Every single leader not only has capacity, every single leader also has strengths. They're all the attributes that we require, that uh, we need, and that can be developed and uh, drive and create motivation and momentum in our lives in terms of leading and influencing others. Many times we hear people speaking on the subject of leadership and they say the main thing is just to set a vision, set goals, focus people on the goals and make things happen. But the moment I have been coaching executives, chief executive officers, when they tell me about their vision in three to five years time for their organization, my first question is, the person who's dreaming this vision right now is undoubtedly you. And they'll agree. They'll say, yes, that's right. I'm dreaming this vision. I'm going great. So if we had to define your capacity, your ability right now, your talent set, that's at a certain level. Would you agree? And they would nod their head and agree. My question is, in three years' time, are you the same? Or are, is there a different version of you in the vision. So the moment we create a vision for the future, we automatically, unknowingly, but in reality, create a sense of a new version of us in that future. There's no ways that in three years, as you are leading a vision and a mission and a team in fulfilling that dream and vision, that you are not growing and becoming and improving, hopefully, and at the end of the three years, you are an advanced version of the person that you were three years ago when you dreamt about the vision. So there's a quality of person. If we look at um, some examples, there was a man, Joseph, he was a dream interpreter, and um, he had the opportunity to interpret a dream of uh, Pharaoh, in the great Egyptian empire and in one moment after he had uh, interpreted the dream Pharaoh appointed him as the master project manager. From that moment on he was challenged. From that moment on his word was accepted as law and what he said had to take place. And undoubtedly in the seven years of building the barns and filling them and coming up with a great strategy, he was a different person seven years down the line to the moment that he stood um, with knees shaking in the presence of Pharaoh while he was interpreting the dream, not knowing what was going to be the next decision. So visions and dreams develop us or should develop us. And so we need to realize that our weaknesses are going to be challenged and our strengths are going to be challenged as well in the process. When you're working with a team in your organization, it's imperative to work with strengths. The strengths of an organization can be no stronger than the strength of the personal relationships within that organization. The quality of mind and the strength 
of the shared values within it. The only purpose of any organization is to make 1 plus 1 equal 3 or more. Two people accomplish far more and accomplish twice more the amount of work than any one person in the organization at any given point in time. Is this a new concept or a startling discovery? But the reality is it's a fundamental truth that's been recognized for decades. And if we pay attention to strengthening our strengths. So it's critical for us as leaders to pay attention to understanding not only our team, but to also get our team to understand their individual strengths. And it's very, very simple. If you email me at bill.price at me.com, bill.price at me.com, I can send you some websites that you can um, direct your team members to to complete some profiles where they will learn about some of their strengths. But you can do it in any session. Create a team moment around a table. Let every mo member write down their top five strengths and uh, in large uh, words on a piece of paper and then hold it up and let other team members say, but I also see this strength in you and that strength in you. And in so doing, one begins to learn from others in terms of what they see in my life with regards to strengths. The next thing to ask them is how much they believe that those strengths. So they've written five and they write down another five that they've heard from the rest of the team. And out of the ten strengths, say, I'd now like you to select your top six uh, strengths and then rate from naught to ten how much you believe that that is actually a strength in your life. There are so many people that I've coached that know what their strengths are, but they don't give themselves permission to believe that that is actually a strength that they have. They're constantly in this humble state of, no, really, it's not me, and it's really not me. And my friend, in coaching, I've come to a major conclusion. The ability to be humble is to actually know exactly who you are, and when you know who you are and you embrace that, so if you know that you're a good speaker and you embrace the fact that you're a good speaker, that is being humble, accepting who I am in every essence of my being. So get your team to identify their particular strengths. Because when we begin to focus on strength identification, we can then begin to classify our strengths. Are our strengths people orientated? Are our strengths personal orientated? Are they task orientated? Are they purpose orientated? Etc. And then we can begin with the, the, the process of developing those strengths. Then as a team we can align those strengths and we can create synergy with great expectation. And then we can control those strengths and measure them in a process in the projects that we have to uh, pay attention to. So when we're looking at an organization and working with its strengths, we as a leader have to begin to build our own strengths. So allow me to mention just but a few. As I said, there are many, many more websites that you can attend 
uh, and focus attention on to discover some of the strengths um, through profiles and tests that are available. <coughs> Excuse me, I just my throat's just dry. <clears throat> okay, thank you. So let's look at some of the personal strengths that you as a leader need to pay attention to and that you could weave into your life and of course develop. So on an A4 page, another page if you would, I'd appreciate it if you could um, uh, draw six, uh, sorry, eight circles and um, at random just eight circles big enough to write two words um, in each of them. All right, you choose which circle you're going to write which words in. So the first two words that are going to go into a particular circle are the words drive and energy. It's something that you can develop and must develop as a leader. There's nothing worse than having a leader that is dur and dry. Um, lack of motivation, lack of energy, lack of pathos, um, lack of ethos, lack of logos, lack of who they're being. It, it feels as if their being is totally disconnected. And it's like saying, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say how thankful I am and how passionate I am about the subject of leadership. If you've gone to sleep, just quickly wake up because I, I took all passion out of, this, out of my being and you need to have drive and energy. And it needs to be the uh, amount needed to convey the message of essence and the message um, uh, that it's that it's uh, with integrity. Don't overdo it. I've met some leaders who spit from the pulpit and they think that that's passion and energy. But drive and energy or passion and energy, it's the ability to put maximum mental and physical and psychological effort behind every objective. And the way one can add to that is um, the practical steps is do I pay attention to my physical fitness? Um, am I involved in some form of a sport? Uh, is there some form of a sport activity that I'm involved in? Games that I play? Do I walk? Do I have enough sleep? Is there enough in my diet? Um, do I have enough times for rest, uh, reconciliation of thought, meditation? All of these things that add up to uh, giving me drive and energy? Is there replenishment and nourishment um, in terms of um, uh, food and the right diet? Take a moment and if you had to measure yourself out of 10 for drive and energy, where would you measure yourself? And if you've given yourself a 7 and below, the coaching question is, what three things do I need to pay attention to so that I can bring my drive and energy up to about 7.5, uh, 7.8 um, in the next 60 days. In another circle, if you could write financial management, financial management. Um, any leader, and it's one of the greatest regrets that I have as a leader, that I didn't pay too much attention when the lecturers were lecturing on financial management um, and I'm now 
at a stage, a pensionable age, where I'm now in crisis mode, having to come up with all sorts of other creative ideas, having not uh, put money management in terms of long-term planning um, into uh, practice in my life. I also, as entrepreneur, had to uh, cash out or cash in uh, a whole lot of policies so that I could uh, create business, but it's always been a regret uh, in my life that there was no sustainability and uh, stability in that area. But m uh, financial management is knowing um, how to read financial statements and to draw up budgets and to manage my life by budget um, and to basically keep account and to uh, track how finance is happening and whether there's profit or loss in my life. Sometimes I'm coaching entrepreneurs and they say they're making a lot of money, but when you ask, okay, so what's the profit? Uh, they're not making profit. They're actually making a lot of money, but it's a lot of loss. So it's understanding the financial principles, acquiring financial basics in terms of um, how finances and economics work. And you don't have to go to crazy courses. You just have to have um, a basic understanding of that. And one way to do it is to go to someone who is very good with the subject and can help you and live uh, with that um, and to understand that. The other way is to pay attention in terms of financial management with regards to um, creating a system around you of plans and directions and detail. Um, so whenever there is um, lack and loss, it's always a good thing to put structure uh, and support uh, around that. So the coaching question is, what would I need to do if I had to score myself out of 10 and if my score is seven and below, um, what three things do I need to do about financial management? Um, is it a course I need to attend? Is it someone I need to ask to mentor me? And what I need to do within the next 60 days to get uh, up and running on um, knowing more about this particular strength? Because it's resource management. It's one of the key areas that leadership needs to manage and build on. Great. The next circle uh, of your choosing is self-confidence, self-confidence. And self-confidence is simply the capacity that I have and the ability that I have to believe in myself, to believe uh, in who I am and uh, to believe that I have a capacity to be able to do certain things. And the way that I need to pay attention to that is what courses have I gone on to improve my self-confidence, to learn more about self-confidence, what books have I read, um, what courses have I attended, um, what uh, YouTube programs have I watched, uh, and uh, what articles have I read, um, what profiles have I completed to learn much, much more about me as a person and having the ability to confide in myself, to rest in who I am in terms of my being. And um, that'll help me to understand that I'm going to be taking either moderate or high level risk in my life and how comfortable I am with that. And it's about reviewing what I'm doing and how I'm doing it um, without cutting myself down all the time. And self-confidence is also about self-friendship. So how good am I at being my own best friend? So when your best friend comes to you and said, 
man I really messed up here <coughs> and I blew it here <coughs> sorry <coughs> okay so self-confidence is also about how good you are in terms of being your own best friend so when a good friend of yours comes to you and says listen I've messed up I've made this mistake I've blown it here etc what's your response to them you're going to say well let's look at it and you kind of lighten the burden and you bring in perspective and you rationalize and and you really help the person my question is when you mess it up do you have that same conversation with yourself or do you go into overcritical mode I'm so bad I'm so horrible it's the worst I shouldn't have done it pitiful me woe is me and depending on your response right there will depend on how well um, you know yourself and how well you've given yourself permission to be able to be your own best friend so if you had to rate yourself out of 10 where would you rate yourself in terms of I'm in tune with my self-confidence and I'm my own best friend if you're below seven the question will be so what two or three things do you need to do in the next 30 to 60 days um, to boost your self-confidence and to bring yourself to a place where you actually believe yourself with regards to the things that you can confide in in yourself the things that you can trust about yourself that's what self-confidence is all about another circle at random you choose it and you write the word setting action plans and goals setting action plans and goals and if you had to rate yourself um, out of 10 where would you rate yourself right now for that setting action plans and goals it's about setting targets for my life so I've got a vision so it's a broad band so that's the big picture and setting goals are like the process part of it so a goal is a road sign on the side of the road that by that time of the journey that's what I want to achieve and at that extent or extent of the journey that's what I want to achieve that's a goal so it's something ahead of you it's a particular place and it's well described um, it's it must also be able to ex, uh, stimulate you so it must draw and magnetize you the worst life to live is a life that is lived uh, with a driven sense of purpose um, there's a book uh, that was written or books on the subject uh, purpose-driven life and a uh, purpose-driven church and driven 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 folks um, Christ was Jewish in essence and was never driven in his entire life it's impossible to have a driven Jew um, he had a life and a vision that magnetized him and was the apostle that wrote the book of Hebrews that said who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross so what's in your vision what's in your goal that attracts you that magnetizes you and we should be magnetized towards our future not driven towards it so um, goal setting and setting action plans uh, for our life is that that we can measure our the distance and um, it was Thoreau that said the, the the worst life is a life that is is to be lived that is not measured the, that's the worst kind of life is to live a life that's not measured just carry on just on doesn't matter 
that's the worst kind of a life. But the life that's well lived is a life that's measured. And um, we constantly got to be paying attention to uh, where's improvement and how can I uh, improve that. Which brings us to the next circle of your choosing, and that is self-measurement or self-evaluation. And this is the ability to measure uh, progress, to learn from mistakes and failures, and to learn from success, for goodness sake, uh, and to analyze uh, where to move and what to move and what to change. So I need to have constant, regular, honest examination uh, of my life uh, around recent decisions and actions. So if you take the last 10, 15 decisions that you've made over the last 30 days and uh, you had to examine those decisions and actions, how good were they? Your decision for treating someone like a family friend instead of uh, a person that works for you, uh, what was the result of that decision? And what do you need to do to, um, to rectify that? So it's about, at regular intervals, just measuring the consequences of the decisions that we've made and also to discover are there any weaknesses um, that are constantly coming up that we need to draw from. And where would you rate yourself for that? Um, out of 10, anything under 7, uh, ask yourself the question, what two things do I need to do to set up immediately within the next 30 days so that I can start measuring um, some of my decisions? The next circle is competitiveness, and this is the will to win. And um, it's an area that, that leaders, another word for it, I think, will be the word achievement. And um, so what are you doing as a leader to achieve? And how are you allowing achievement to influence you? And it's not bad to achieve. It's not bad to achieve personal standards, and it's not bad to achieve high ethics, and it's not bad to achieve targets. In fact, it's amazing. It's good. But um, how good are you with, uh, with achievement? It's using every opportunity to look at how people win and uh, to benchmark yourself against that and align yourself to that and um, make some personal changes so that you can sense what, what winning is all about. And uh, it was the Apostle Paul, the Rabbi Paul, who said we must run the race like a winner. Don't run a race like a loser. You don't run a race saying, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whether I win or not, and use all sorts of other delusional statements like it's not about winning, it's about crossing the line, and we yawn, yawn, yawn. It's about achievement. And achievement is about winning, and it is about um, running a race with a certain tenacity that we need to adopt and uh, apply in our lives um, and qualities that we need to build within our lives. So if you had to measure yourself out of 10, where would you measure yourself in terms of um, achievement? What have you achieved? And what would you still like to achieve? That's the gap. And the question will be, when I look at the gaps of what I still need to achieve, uh, where do I need to focus my attention? Possibly on four action steps. Um, the next circle is managing the team, managing people, and it's a strength to be able to work with people. And I need to, as a leader, understand that I must get the best out of people, but I must also encourage them to use their best initiative in all their results. So uh, managing people is about getting good feedback, um, giving input, 
recognizing, rewarding, acknowledging, um, and also affirming, validating them, and um, yes, learning through their eyes. So how good are you uh, when it comes to managing people out of 10? And if it's seven and below, the question is going to be, um, I, I need to create a 360 questionnaire, which you can find um, Google for one, and send that out to the people that I'm leading to get some honest feedback about um, how am I doing. And then meet with them one-on-one -on -one and ask them in context uh, how you can improve. Focus on how I can improve rather than what's, what's wrong. So, there you have it. And I trust that as you look at your personal strengths and how you build strengths and synergy of that strength within your team and within yourself as a leader, you can accomplish so much more. Set the example and allow for the differences in personality and ambition and um, attitudinal mindsets um, and in all of it, work with people to create a consensus and uh, unanimity so that you can stress the importance to each and every member in your team that if they develop their strengths, they acquire greater skill and we become legitimate and we begin to exemplify the standard uh, and the excellence that we long to live from our innermost being. It's been my privilege and pleasure to coach the building of leadership strength with you today and I look forward to you at the next coaching session.